Chapter Seventeen of the Imperialist by Sarah Jeanette Duncan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. The Cruikshank deputation returned across that North Atlantic which it was their desire to see so much more than ever the track of the flag toward the middle of July. The shiny carriages were still rolling about in great numbers when they left. London's air of luxury had thickened with the advancing season and hung heavily in the streets. People had begun to picnic in the park on Sundays they had been from the beginning a source of wonder and of depression to lorn murchison the people in the park those i mean who walked and sat and stood there for the refreshment of their lives for whom the place has a lyrical value as real as it is unconscious he noted them ranged on formal benches quiet respectable absorptive or gathered heavily shoulder to shoulder docile under the tutelage of policemen listening to any one who would lift a voice to speak to them london beating on all borders hemmed them in england outside seemed hardly to contain for them a wider space lorne with his soul full of free airs and forest depths never failed to respond to a note in the park that left him heavy-hearted longing for an automatic distributing system for the empire when he saw them bring their spirit lamps and kettles and sit down in little companies on four square yards of turf under the blackened branches in the roar of the traffic he went back to bloomsbury to pack his trunk glad that it was not his lot to live with that enduring spectacle they were all glad every one of them to turn their faces to the west again the unready conception of things the political concentration upon parish affairs the cumbrous social machinery oppressed them with its dull anachronism in a marching world the problems of sluggish overpopulation clouded their eager outlook these conditions might have been their inheritance perhaps lorne murchison was the only one who thanked heaven consciously that it was not so but there was no man among them whose pulse did not mark a heart rejoiced as he paced the deck of the allan liner the first morning out of liverpool because he had leave to refuse them none dreamed of staying of settling though such a course was practicable to any of them except lorne they were all rich enough to take the advantages that money brings in england the comfort the importance the state they had only to add their wealth to the sumptuous side of the dramatic contrast i doubt whether the idea even presented itself it is the american who takes up his appreciative residence in england he comes as a foreigner observant amused having disclaimed responsibility for a hundred years his detachment is as complete as it would be in italy with the added pleasure of easy comprehension but homecomers from greater britain have never been cut off still feel their uneasy share in all that is and draw a long breath of relief as they turn again to their life in the lands where they found wider scope and different opportunities and that new quality in the blood which made them different men the deputation had accomplished a good deal less cruikshank said than he had hoped but more than he had expected 
they had obtained the promise of concessions for atlantic services both mail and certain classes of freight by being able to demonstrate a generous policy on their own side pacific communications the home government was more chary of there were matters to be fought out with australia the pacific was further away as cruikshank said and you naturally can't get fellows who have never been there to see the country under the selkirks and south of the bay any of them except wallingham who had never been there either but whose imagination took views of the falcon they were reinforced by news of a shipping combination in montreal to lower freights to south africa against the americans it wasn't news to them some of them were in it but it was to the public and it helped the sentiment of their aim the feather on the arrow they had secured something both financially and morally what best pleased them perhaps was the extent to which they got their scheme discussed here lorne had been invaluable murchison had done more with the newspapers they agreed than any of them with cabinet ministers the journalist everywhere is perhaps more accessible to ideas more susceptible to enthusiasm than his fellows and lorne was charged with the object of his deputation in its most communicable most captivating form at all events he came to excellent understanding whether of agreement or opposition with the newspaper men he met cruikshank knew a good many of them and these occasions were more fruitful than the official ones and there is no doubt that the guarded approval of certain leading columns had fewer ifs and buts and other qualifications in consequence while the disapproval of others was marked by a kind of unwilling sympathy and a freely accorded respect lorne found london editors surprisingly unbiased london newspapers surprisingly untrammelled they seemed to him to suffer from no dictated views no interests in the background or special local circumstances they had open minds most of them and when a cloud appeared it was seldom more than a prejudice it was only his impression and perhaps it would not stand cynical inquiry but he had a grateful conviction that the english press occupied in the main a lofty and impartial ground of opinion from which it desired only a view of the facts in their true proportion on his return he confided it to horace williams who scoffed and ran the national politics of the express in the local interests of fox county as hard as ever but it had fallen in with lorne's beautiful beliefs about england and he clung to it for years the williamses had come over the second evening following lorne's arrival after tea rollins had gone to the station just to see that the express would make no mistake in announcing that mr l murchison had returned to the paternal roof and the express had announced it with due congratulation family feeling demanded that for the first twenty-four hours he should be left to his immediate circle but people had been dropping in all the next day at the office and now came the williamses traipsing as mrs murchison said across the grass though she was too content to make it more than a private grievance to where they all sat on the veranda 
what i don't understand horace williams said to mr murchison was why you didn't give him a blow on the whistle you and milburn and a few others might have got up quite a toot you don't get the secretary to a deputation for tying up the empire home every day you did that for him in the express said john murchison smiling as he pressed down with an accustomed thumb the tobacco into his pipe oh we said nothing at all wait till he's returned for south fox williams responded jocularly why not the imperial council of the future at westminster while you're about it remarked lorne flipping a pebble back upon the gravel path that will keep my son but one of these days you mark my words mr l murchison will travel to elgin station with flags on his engine and he'll be very much surprised to find the band there and a large number of his fellow-citizens all able-bodied shouting men and every factory whistle in elgin let off at once to say nothing of kids with tin ones and if the murchison stove and furnace works siren stands out of that occasion i'll break in and pull it myself it won't stand out stella assured him i'll attend to it don't you worry i suppose you had a lovely time mr murchison said mrs williams gently tilting to and fro in a rocking-chair with her pretty feet in their american shoes well in evidence it is a fact or perhaps a parable that should be interesting to political economists the adaptability of canadian feet to american shoes but fortunately it is not our present business though i must add that the rocker was also american and the hammock in which stella reposed came from new york and upon john murchison's knee with the local journal lay a pink evening paper published in buffalo better than i can tell you mrs williams in all sorts of ways but it's good to be back too very good lorne threw up his head and drew in the pleasant evening air of midsummer with infinite relish while his eye travelled contentedly past the chestnuts on the lawn down the vista of the quiet tree-bordered street it lay empty in the solace of the evening a blue hill crossed it in the distance and gave it an unfettered look the wind stirred in the maples a pair of schoolgirls strolled up and down bareheaded now and then a buggy passed there's room here he said find it kind of crowded up over there asked mr williams worse than new york oh yes crowded in a patient sort of way it's enough to break your heart that you don't see in new york the poor of new york well they've got the idea of not being poor in england they're resigned they've got callous my goodness the fellows out of work over there you can see they're used to it see it in the way they slope along and the look in their eyes poor dumb dogs they don't understand it but they've just got to take it crowded rather we don't say rather in this country mister observed stella well you can say it now kitty they laughed at the little passage the traveller's importation of one or two britishisms had been the subject of a skirmish before 
but silence fell among them for a moment afterward they all had in the blood the remembrance of what lorne had seen well you've been doing big business said horace williams lorne shook his head we haven't done any harm he said but our scheme's away out of sight now at least it ought to be lost in the bigger issue said williams and lorne nodded the bigger issue had indeed in the meantime obscured the political horizon and was widely spreading a mere colonial project might well disappear in it england was absorbed in a single contemplation wallingham though he still supported the disabilities of a right honourable evangelist with a gospel of his own was making astonishing conversions the edifice of the national economic creed seemed coming over at the top it was a question of the resistance of the base and the world was watching cruikshank says if the main question had been sprung a month ago we wouldn't have gone over as it is on several points we've got to wait if they reject the preferential trade idea over there we shall have done a little good for any government would be disposed to try to patch up something to take the place of imperial union in that case and a few thousands more for shipping subsidies and cheap cablegrams would have a great look of strengthening the ties with the colonies but if they commit themselves to a zollverein with us and the rest of the family you won't hear much more about the need to foster communications communications will foster themselves just so remarked john murchison they'll save their money i wouldn't think so before i couldn't lorne went on but i'm afraid it's rather futile the kind of thing we've been trying to do it's fiddling at a superstructure without a foundation what we want is the common interest common interest common taxation for defence common representation domestic management of domestic affairs and you've got a working empire just as easy as slipping off a log remarked horace williams common interest yes said his father common taxation no for defence or any other purpose the colonies will never send money to be squandered by the london war office we'll defend ourselves as soon as we can manage it and buy our own guns and our own cruisers we're better business people than they are and we know it i guess that's right mr murchison said horace williams our own army and navy in the sweet by and by and let him understand they'll be welcome to the use of it but quite in a family way no sort of compulsion well said lorne that's compatible enough and your domestic affairs must include the tariff mr murchison went on there's no such possibility as a tariff that will go round and tariffs are kittle cattle to shoe behind has anybody got a scotch dictionary inquired stella this conversation is making me tired suppose you run away and play with your hoop suggested her brother i can't see that as an insuperable difficulty father tariffs could be made adaptable relative to the common interest as well as to the individual one 
we could do it if we liked your adaptability might easily lead to other things what's to prevent retaliation among ourselves there's a slump in textiles and the home government is forced to let in foreign wool cheaper up goes the australian tax on the output of every mill in lancashire the last state of the empire might be worse than the first it wouldn't be serious if i pinched stella's leg as i'm going to in a minute she will no doubt kick me and her instincts are such that she will probably kick me with the leg i pinched but that won't prevent our going to the football match together to-morrow and presenting a united front to the world they all laughed and stella pulled down her lengthening petticoats with an air of great offence but john murchison shook his head if they manage it they will be clever he said talking of lancashire said williams there are some funny fellows over there writing in the press against attacks on foreign cotton because it's going to ruin lancashire and at this very minute thousands of looms are shut down in lancashire because of the high price of cotton produced by an american combine and worse coming seven pence a pound i hear they're going to have it against the fourpence halfpenny they've got it up to already that's the sort of thing they're afraid to discourage by a duty would a duty discourage it asked john murchison why not if they let british grown cotton in free they won't discourage the combine much that form of enterprise has got to be tackled where it grows but the yankee isn't the only person in the world that can get to understand it what's to prevent preferential conditions creating british combines to compete with the american article and what's to prevent lancashire getting cheaper cotton in consequence two combines are better than one monopoly any day maybe so it would want looking into we won't see a duty on cotton though or wool either for that matter the manufacturers would be pleased enough to get it on the stuff they make but there would be a fine outcry against taxing the stuff they use did you see much of the aristocracy mr murchison asked mrs williams no replied lorne but i saw wallingham you saw the whole house of lords interposed stella and you were introduced to three well yes that's so fine-looking set of old chaps they are too we're a little too funny over here about the lords we haven't had to make any what were they doing the day you were there lorne asked williams motor-car legislation replied lorne considerably excited about it too one of them had had three dogs killed on his estate i saw his letter about it in the times i don't see anything to laugh at in that declared stella dogs are dogs they are sister especially in england laundresses aren't washerwomen there observed mrs murchison i'd like you to see the color of the things he's brought home with him mrs williams clean or dirty to the laundry they go weeks it will take to get them right again ingrained london smut and nothing else in this preference business they've got to lead the way williams reverted we're not so grown up but what grandma's got to march in front 
now from your exhaustive observation of great britain extending over a period of six weeks is she going to my exhaustive observation said lorne smiling enables me to tell you one thing with absolute accuracy and that is that nobody knows they adore wallingham over there he's pretty nearly a god and they'd like to do as he tells them and they're dead sick of theoretic politics but they're afraid oh they're afraid they'll do well to caw canny said john murchison there's two things in the way at a glance lorne went on the conservatism of the people it isn't a name it's a fact the hostility and suspicion natural enough they know they're stupid and they half suspect their fair game i suppose the americans have taught them that slow oh slow more interested in the back garden fence than anything else pick up a paper at the moment when things are being done mind all over the world done against them when their shipping is being captured and their industries destroyed and their goods undersold beneath their very noses and the thing they want to know is why are the swallows late i read it myself in a halfpenny morning paper too that they think rather dangerously go ahead a whole column headed to inquire what's the matter with the swallows the times the same week had a useful leader on alterations in the church service and a special contribution on prayers for the dead lord they need em those are the things they think about the session's nearly over and there's two church discipline bills and five church bills bishoprics and benefices and lord knows what still to get through lot of anxiety about em apparently as to a business view of politics i expect the climate's against it they'll see over a thing they're fond of doing that or under it or round one side of it but they don't seem to have any way of seeing through it what they just love is a good round catchword they've only got to hear themselves say it often enough and they'll take it for gospel they're convinced out of their own mouths there was the driver of a bus i used to ride on pretty often and if he felt like talking he'd always begin with as i was a saying of yesterday well that's the general idea to repeat what they were a sayin of yesterday and it doesn't matter two cents that the rest of the world has changed the subject they've been a sayin a long time that they object to import duties of any sort or kind and you won't get them to see the business in changing if they do this it won't be because they want to it will be because wallingham wants them to i guess that's so said williams and if wallingham gets them to he ought to have a statue in every capital in the empire he will too good cigar this lauren where'd you get it they are indian cheroots planters they call em made in madras i got some through a man named hesketh who has friends out there at a price you wouldn't believe for as decent a smoke you can't buy em in london but you will all right and here too as soon as we've got the sense to favour british-grown tobacco 
lorne appreciates his family better than he did before remarked his youngest sister because we're british grown you were saying you noticed two things specially in the way said his father oh the others of course the awful poverty the twelve millions that haven't got enough to do with i expect it's an outside figure and it covers all sorts of qualifying circumstances but it's the one the free fooders quote and it's the one wallingham will have to handle they've muddled along until they've got twelve million people in that condition and now they have to carry on with the handicap we ask them to put a tax on foreign food to develop our wheat areas and cattle ranges we say give us a chance and we'll feed you and take your surplus population what is to be done with the twelve million while we are growing the wheat the colonies offer to create prosperity for everybody concerned at a certain outlay we've got the raw materials and they can't afford the investment because of the twelve millions and what may happen meanwhile they can't face the meanwhile that's what it comes to fine old crop of catchwords in that situation mr williams remarked and his eye had the spark of the practical politician can't you hear him at it eh it scares them out of everything but hand-to-mouth politics any other remedy is too heroic they go on pointing out and contemplating and grieving with their percentages of misery and degeneration and they go on poulticing the cancer with benevolence there are people over there who want the state to feed the school-children oh they're kind good big-hearted people and they've got the idea that if they can only give enough away everything will come right i was talking with a man one day and i asked him whether the existence of any class justified governing a great country on the principle of an almshouse he asked me who the almsgivers ought to be in any country of course it was tampering with my figure in an almshouse there aren't any but that's the way it presents itself to the best of them another fellow was frantic at the idea of a tax on foreign food he nearly cried but would be very glad to see the government do more to assist emigration to the colonies i tried to show him that it would be better to make it profitable to emigrate first but i couldn't make him see it oh and there's the old thing against them of course the handling of imperial and local affairs by one body anybody's good enough to attend to the baghdad railway and nobody's too good to attend to the town pump is it any wonder the germans beat them in their own shops and russia walks into tibet the eternal marvel is that they stand where they do at the top said mr williams oh at the top think of what you mean when you say england i see that the demand for a tariff on manufactured goods is growing williams remarked even the anti-food tax organs are beginning to shout for that if they had put it on twenty years ago said lorne there would be no twelve million people making a problem for want of work and it would be a good deal easier to do imperial business to-day 
you'll find said john murchison removing his pipe that protection'll have to come first over there they'll put up a fence and save their trade in their own good time not next week or next year and when they've done that they'll talk to us about our big ideas not before and if wallingham hadn't frightened them with the imperial job he never would have got them to take up the other it's just his way of getting both done i hope you're right father said lorne with a covert glance at his watch horace mrs williams i'll have to get you to excuse me i have an engagement at eight he left them with a happy spring in his step left them looking after him talking of him with pride and congratulation only stella with a severe lip and a disapproving eye noted the direction he took as he left the house End of chapter 17